Hello and welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I am Trace Armstrong and today I'm joined by Rob McIntyre and our very special friend and guest, Mr. Pat Mayo from the Pat Mayo Experience. How is everybody today? Yeah, I'm pretty well. Devin's yeah. not here, so yeah. I'm going to try to bring some positivity to the episode. <laughs> and it's not like it's a busy time of year for you right now with the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff going on. So we appreciate it. Listen, I have so few forums to talk about the challenge these days in a season that I apparently am the only person in the world. There are two people that I know that actually quite enjoy this season. I'm one of them. So there is another person out there that is not just me. I don't mind. I think it's been, I think compared to like the last six, I think it's in the top half. That's what I thought too. Like, especially compared to like the last two or three, like it's way better. See, that's the thing. And that's where I think some of this gets lost in translation about how I feel about it is this is worlds better than Spies, Lies, and Allies. This is worlds better than Ride or Dies. And that bar is pretty low, don't get me wrong. And I even think that this cast is pretty decent if you're going to bring this in and go for this format. I think production just is putting them behind the eight ball, and it took them until this point in the season for Conquest for the show to get really interesting. And I realize they're hampered by the episode orders and all this kind of stuff, but it does suck because it shows that they can put a show together, especially in this last third. Cause it's rare that the last third of a season is the best, but like these last few episodes have been pretty good. Rob, how many episodes was war of the worlds? One, one was 16. See, that's a, that's and an hour long too. So it's shorter. What's that? They're not they were only hour. Yeah, yeah, they were 90. 90 with yeah. World too. Yeah, like this 21 episode, 90 minute crap is just, it's, it's too much. Too long. Like it, it's too actively long, hurting man. the show. It takes yep. me so long to press play before every episode because I'm like, God, I'm going to have to sit here for 90 minutes. It just takes so long. Yeah. And see, I used to do live Discord watch alongs with our Patreons and stuff. And I had to quit doing it this season. Like I just could not watch the show live. I mean, DVR was my friend and. You know, now that we're at a point in the season where it would be fun to do a live discord along the whole most of our Patreons have checked out on it. They're just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think a... the thing with this season is the middle part of it was actually probably the worst, right? It felt like there was no stakes in the middle part, mainly because the people kept winning and no one got eliminated. No I mean, that's why enough. this part of the season has been so good is that there's like legitimate, like the loser of the mission going home. I, I mean, let's double the cast every year and just have that wrinkle in. I love it. I do too. I mean, I think I'm on two ways about it, right? Because like I kind of like there's like you actually take a stand on anything, lose, but it does really set some stakes for each mission. Yeah, even if the mission sucks, like this last one. Yeah, I didn't think it sucked as bad as the one with Ed going home. The one with Ed going home, I was like, okay, we're gonna rerun a challenge from Battle of the Sexes one, and we're gonna include a purge in it. This is not good. <laughs> oh, it's just everyone seemed to get hurt on this one. Yeah, that is true. Did you see Although, the list of injuries that from an interview that Nariz did? Well, Olivia claimed that she broke three ribs and popped an implant, which seems impossible because you'd be at the hospital. Yes. I didn't see that. From this mission? Yeah. yeah. And apparently Colleen also cracked two ribs in this mission. And, and suffered Michelle. a concussion. She said she doesn't remember being up there at all. This is not but really a good, need, a good average. Do we need to have... 30 feet over the water challenges no. like is I it mean, necessary it 10, right like i don't i don't it makes almost no visual difference and here's the thing here's how they could do it you have the crane 
you do your wide shots with everybody standing there at 30 feet. And then you go, hey, we're going to lower this down to 10 so it's safer. But we've got our wide shot of it being 30 feet over the water. Done. I mean, I understand the element that you then bring in the fear of heights into it. Then some people don't want to do it. I get it. But if like everyone just keeps getting hurt, like we can't like Michelle broke two ribs, too. Like That's why she wasn't too bummed out when she lost. She just wanted to get out of there, like get to the hospital. Yeah, that's, that's so nuts. It's, yeah, it's just not needed. It's one of those things where the show just likes to amp up the ante sometimes a little bit too much, and this is the case. I mean, this to me is just Justin Booth is a sadist, and he likes to see people get hurt because that's the only thing that makes sense here because this is the type of stuff that he gets off on, like the sleep deprivation and all that kind of stuff. This is just Justin Booth hurting people because he's also not, not a very good advertisement for Under Armour, right? When everyone's getting hurt wearing their equipment. Well, better, I heard Under better. Armour's not back after this season, so. Better advertisement than those terrible shoes that all the champions were wearing coming in. Yeah, what is up with that? The gold shoes they had on? Bad shoes. It's pretty. I mean, Jordan couldn't wear them, right? So they really were not a good advertisement. Yeah. So before we get into this episode, Pat, you mentioned that, you know, you're one of two people that really like this season. Sell us on what you really like about it. Like what, I mean, and and throw out that this is better than Spies, Lies, and Allies and Rider Dies, because we're all on the same page that it's better than that. But like, what is making this define as good for you? Well, I think that especially at this part of the season, and listen, I'm not going to say this is like some sort of even top half season, but I like the challenge. When you guys talk about the challenge, it seems like you don't like this show whatsoever. Like, it seems like you hate it. I don't understand why you watch it. Like, that's the impression that I get from you guys. Like, it's fun to hear you talk about Cutthroat on like the Chronicles because you actively like really like that. Like, you seem so bummed to be talking about a show. Like, even when it sucks, I still like it. Like, I liked Rider Dies. I liked Spies, Lies, and Allies. I watched it every single week. I would complain about it just like everyone else would. But still, it's a show that I like. And what I like about this one, it's just new people. Like, even if it's exactly the same as the last three seasons, the last three seasons had exactly the same people on it. It was the same storyline, the same outcome every single time. At least this time, you have brand new people. So you're shaking it up a little bit. And I've actually liked more of the dynamic personalities on this season. Everyone, and the one thing that this season has, especially in the back half, that none of the other seasons in the past, like, five years have had. Jay's a really good villain, and he is saving the season. He's much better than, like, Fessy was, People are lining up to hate him. They have a real reaction to not liking him. And the funniest thing is, is he has played the perfect game. I agree. Yeah, I don't... I think in future seasons, this is a really good game contained within it. But in future seasons, I think he's screwed. And I think he also benefited from a couple of format changes here. Like if they did have a call out at the end here, I think he'd be screwed. Maybe because I mean, well, he he's never going to be good with everyone around anyway. So this was really his one shot to try to pull this off because he was never going to be in a position of power anyway when yeah. bananas is around or ct is around. He's always going to be at the lowest part of that totem pole, and he has to, like no one has to stay out of elimination more than him because he's just a small guy. Like, even yeah. though he's really good at things, and like a final is, it seems like he's one of the few people where a final would be really good for him over an elimination. We've seen him do really well in the dailies, but just like anything that involves size or strength, he's absolutely screwed. You can lose to anyone. Yeah, and you know what I said in our, Devin asked for a Cliff Notes version of how we were feeling about you know this past episode. Uh, I think the best outcome for this season is for Jay to win and just be an the absolute dick that he's been this season because him coming into a season 40 as a champion 
and with that personality and now having something on his resume to back it up will make for good content because the vets are just not going to tolerate him. But he's got some ammo to say that, hey, I'm a champion too now. Welcome to the club. When we're thinking about who the best puzzle players are in the game, you got Norris at the very top. Then you have Jay as a step down. And then it's kind of like everyone else who, yep. I mean, maybe they can luck into a puzzle or two. I'm not too concerned about any of them actually winning. So I think it's really a two-person race here in the final. I think it's just a guessing game at that point, right? Like maybe Emmanuel's done some work on puzzles. Maybe Corey's like secret good at puzzles. But at that, this is the only track record we really have is those two. Yeah. yeah and like I, I would say that Corey's probably better at puzzles than Emmanuel is, but I would trust Emmanuel more in the running portion. Berna, I mean, if Berna could solve a puzzle or two, she seems like she can kind of go. Yeah. I think we're Emmanuel's probably the dark horse of the three to win there of Nariz and Jay is the fact that he could probably outrun all of them to a puzzle. And if he has enough of a head start, can he just get through it? Maybe. I kind of want to see Corey how invisible. Go ahead, Matt, sorry. I, I sent you that screenshot of Corey in like the weird confessional, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, like, it was so jarring to see. Like, I thought it didn't actually happen when he's wearing the, the fur vest with his hair down instead of the red vest with his hair up. Like, he's the only person all season long who has appeared in a confessional in a different outfit now. Yeah. I wonder what happened. Uh, well, like- here's, here's the thing. So it was probably filmed either directly after the season or after the reunion and they went back to splice it in which means they're making some sort of new edit and story for for Corey. so maybe that has to do with either him winning him coming close or potentially something to do with the reunion i agree i mean that's pretty that's probably what they did because i mean i had heard that all of the champions confessionals were filmed after the season in la that tracks yep because that's when uh, Darrell and Kara filmed all the after show stuff as well. So like, that's where, you know, I think most of the champion stuff occurred from what I was told. There's also, there's also one with Kara, Darrell, Olivia, and Horacio. So that means Horacio and Olivia were there too. Yep. Which is funny because Horacio actually did have an outfit change in his confessionals. The last two episodes he was on when he was in the elimination, he was wearing a different outfit. He was wearing this white, like Oxford. Did he win that weird Mexican show that he had to go do? No, he got eliminated towards the end. Yeah, it was like the week before. So does he win money for that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how many pesos he's getting for that one. Greg on our Discord would be able to tell you, but man, when I heard how long they filmed that show, like you think they filmed the challenge long? Like he was there for like six months. Did he have a phone? I don't know. Like I know Nariz was sad that he was basically going to be gone. That's what he hinted about like on the, this season is he's like, Hey, I'm going to get home, but I've got to go do this. And I'm basically gone for six months. Do you think, how good do you think he is for the show? Horacio? Uh, I, I, so I talked about this, with my buddy JJ Zacharyson yesterday on my show, Pat Mayo experience, if you want to know it. Cause I, we did talk about the challenge a little bit. He's sort of like low rent Landon. Is the way yes. I would see it because he he kind of described him as like low rent Jordan, but he's not confrontational like no like Jordan's is such a different character. Yeah, Jordan's like actively an asshole, which just helps his persona. Like he can be. I mean, at first everyone hated Jordan, then everyone liked Jordan. It's like yeah, I don't like this part of Jordan, but he's a great competitor. Like he has that great competitor spirit, so he's good for the show. But he needs to have the right people around. Sort of like Landon, like Landon outside of like real world Philly and like wrestling with Derek and Inferno too, didn't really do anything besides leave the room that one time on dual two and it screwed him. 
Yeah. Uh, leaving at least by hook or by click would kind of find his way into some interesting storylines, like with Freshman 2 or between Wes and Kenny, um, even on Duel Tools, some of the stuff that happens with him and that power alliance there. I mean, Rossi was like a different level of non-confrontational, right? Where his entire team throws the mission, he doesn't even bring it up afterwards. He's just like, oh, this is just what happens, you know, yada, yada. He almost I mean, reminds me of like, like in basketball right now, there's a thing where you don't want to have a really good scorer who also is not a very good passer or can't like fit into an offense really well. Like nobody wants Zach Levine because he scores a bunch of points, but he can't pass. He can't like run an offense. And that's kind of like Orasio. He kind of has to be featured on the show because he's winning so many competitions. He's winning eliminations. He's winning missions. He's in a relationship. But his screen time, then he's kind of forced to be in. It's honestly not that engaging because he's just not that guy. If it wasn't for him and Nariz hooking up, he would be like Dario level on Rivals 3 where he just slept through the whole season. Was Dario still hooking up with Ashley Kelsey then? Yes. During that season. Yeah. They were still together during Rivals 3 up through Dirty 30, I think. Good for him. I follow her on Instagram. What a babe. Yeah. Is she like like, married to an NFL guy now or something? Yeah, she she had a kid with Carry On Johnson. They're no longer together. They split. Uh, Okay. So I don't know what she's doing now. She's like modeling Amazon clothes, which, you know, model any clothes. You look great. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the move. If you can get that who, job, that's the move. Who do you think from this season that we'll see again? Oh, uh-huh. I think there's a lot of these people we'll see again. I think you're going to see Corey again. I hope I so. I I like Corey. I, yeah. I think Corey is good. <laughs> I think a... that he made the beginning of the season better because of the chaos he was call, causing, and then he kind of went quiet. And so, like, if you can find a way for him to balance the chaos causing and maybe not be that chaotic he could stretch a season. And I think that would be good for him. I think think he is actively one of the most self-aware players inside the game that we've seen in a very long time. Like he has understood where he has sat in every alliance in his position in the game, the entire way through. Hence why he went quiet to try to get it out. But his like three person team with Berna and Colleen was like the smartest move of the season. Cause he really, really I think they have not got enough credit for that. Like, everyone's going to say Michelle and Jay kind of carried that crew to the final, and look, to some extent they did. But I think they also deserve credit for, like, realizing, hey, we're on the bottom of the totem pole. The four of us just need to look out for each other. Anytime they, it comes down to it, we're calling each other's name because we need to look out for each other. It was a really smart move, and, I mean, they're skating to the final now. Yeah, and, like, that was the thing. They got to be a part of the bigger alliance where Michelle could protect them, but they knew when it came down to, like, this episode, and if, you know, if one of them doesn't win, chances are two of them probably go into the elimination and one doesn't. But they know if one of them can win it, they're completely safe. So they got a free ride to like the last episode before the final. Then they needed to get lucky, and they did. Yeah. I mean, it is looking at this crew. I mean, six of the seven have not been in elimination, right? It's just Justin Reese has been in elimination out of these people to make the final. So the whole be to be the champ to make it to uh, be the champ to be the champ that didn't really come through. Um, just a lot of pretty invisible players to make a final for a season. Yeah. Well, I mean, you it was dominated by giant personalities and. The players, because everyone's that, that was sort of the problem with the middle part of the season where no one ended up going home as you continuously featured players who didn't make it to the final. Like Kylan was the biggest star of the season, really. Melissa, Kylan, and Narice now were kind of the big three when it came down to it. And I mean, Melissa hasn't been on in like 10 weeks. Dude, she was like number one in fantasy going for like four episodes after she left because she was yeah. just a fireball for her episodes. And then she's gone. She's gone. Yeah, and like Michelle was the other big one along with Jay, and now, now Michelle's gone. Yeah, it it really is interesting. And so, like when you ask, like you know, who else comes back? I think you're going to see Jay and Michelle again. I think that's a given. Yeah. Um, I think Arasio, Olivia, and Mariah will be back. I don't uh, never see. I never need to see Olivia again. 
ever. You, you think Mariah's gone? Are you? Yeah, Mariah I would hope so. She doesn't fucking do anything. I don't yeah, know. At the beginning of this exactly episode, the thong twerking was an enjoyable part of the. That's episode. great. Follow her on Instagram then. Like she's a net <laughs> zero on this show, and she's afraid to do any of the challenges to like screw up her nose or her boob job. Yeah, there's yeah. there's plenty of attractive people they can cast. That is not a not a shallow pool of challenge cast members. I mean, she and yeah. James have to be one of the least engaging showmates in quite some time. Yeah, I, I gotta say, is, is did James play the best game of all time for a guy that should have been out episode two? Gosh, and really? Right? At the one very the least, best politicking job in a while. It's definitely the best Paula Dicking ever in the history of the show, because, I mean, he rode Mariah all the way to this point in the season. Like, it, there is no other explanation for why he was here to this point. Well, he was, and I mean, she was actually burning relationships to keep him around, it seemed like. Yeah, and it would have worked, too, if he you know, wasn't at the very bottom of the last one. And he almost won it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they rigged crazy. that for Berta? Uh... I don't know. I I, was, I have a hard time with that one in terms of who would be good at it, right? Because James just has a lot of weight to keep up there, right? Yeah, but you see, I mean, he probably is very, like, he is obviously upper body strong. I don't think he's, like, athletically strong, as we've kind of seen, but, like, oh, it's like a couple of my friends who do a bunch of steroids. Like, they're super strong. Like, they have no functional athletic ability. Yeah, but There's like, no lateral movement. What's that? There's no lateral movement in their body. No. Like the actual like running on it, they'd be terrible at. But if you just told them like you have to hold onto this rope for a while, they're like, yeah, sure, I got tons of tons of strength for that. Yeah, I I actually don't buy into the whole like they rig daily missions for people. There's just so many X factors now. Will, will they do daily missions that play to certain people's strengths? Absolutely, but that's inevitable. No matter what mission you do, like you're going to somehow be playing into people's strengths. And then you also have to take in the X factor of the people that are throwing a mission that make it less competitive because that is a strategy that they don't always talk about. Like Johnny said that he threw half the missions on Ride or Dies. Now, is that true? I don't know. But when you know what Bananas is capable of when he's playing the game hard like he was on USA 2 and he was trying to win and then you line it up against his Ride or Dies performance, it leads me to believe he's throwing most of those missions in Ride or Dies. And so I don't lend a whole lot of credence into like they try to you know, prop certain people up for a also loves an excuse. So I think there's 50 50 on that. Exactly. Yeah. And listen, I'm, I'm just kidding about, you know, rigging I know. someone. You can't actually <laughs> rig it because you actually have to test these things. It's not like they're just like, what are we doing for the mission today? Oh, yeah. This big wheel put up 50 feet above water. Let's, let's do that. Like, no, you need to spend months testing this stuff out to make sure it works. Yeah, I've heard that they have this big warehouse in L.A. or outside L.A. where they test a bunch of this stuff on a regular basis. And that like that would be an interesting like, hey, you want to do a behind the scenes challenge show? Show me the place where they're testing these things and what didn't make the grade. That's pretty interesting. Actually. I, I, would, I, I would enjoy that more than that weird CT YouTube video I watched. Oh, you didn't like the home trip episode? It's it's fine. <laughs> See, I thought the CT one was fine. I thought the car one was terrible. Like it was awful. Like truly awful to watch. I, I, I have not, not watched either. I, I I apologize for being delinquent to my challenge responsibilities, but I've not had time to watch either. Oh well. So anyway, getting into more of what was going on with this episode, uh, with the you know post mission shenanigans, did you ever really think that the order was going to turn out? any other way than it actually did because they did throw a lot of red herrings here with different voting blocks here and potentially it being a different bottom three. I you guess the, the question is if Michelle hadn't come in last place and Berna wins, do you think Michelle would have convinced her to do girl, girl like the six girls? I'm not convinced she actually wanted that to happen. 
I, I, I mean, my take. Michelle is smart enough that I mean that is their best chance of winning realistically. Like, get, I mean, and you got to get Jay out because Jay is probably yeah, the and best look, she's one friends with everybody at this point in the cast, right? I mean, basically, everybody is Michelle's ally, which has been the story of this season. Um, I, I just have somewhat of a hard time seeing her burning Jay like that, even with the amount of turmoil they've had. I would have been really interested to see how this would have played out if she was still around. That was the one thing I wanted for this mission was for Michelle, Jay, Olivia, and Norris to hang around, and that didn't happen, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the boat of if I'm in if I'm in this game and I'm a female and I know that there's only one winner why wouldn't you want an all-female final? And I feel like Michelle would have been able to Jedi mind trick Berna into doing it. My but thing is... We'll... That... Go ahead. You just talked about how Norris is probably the favorite, right? Like, I mean, I think just because of how this final is going to be set up, like, I don't know if having James around is the worst thing. No, I see. I would, it, it, I would have tried to get... I would have tried to get rid of at least, like, Jay and... Jay, Corey, and Emmanuel would have been, like, the optimal elimination. Yeah. That's the elimination that I think was best for everybody that was left in the house, because at the least you're guaranteed to get rid of two big final threats. Cause watching that elimination, I have a, it would have, I think Corey would have potentially pulled that out like that. That was very much on the plate there. I don't know, man. She won by, they edited it to make it look kind of close. There's, I think Nariz blew them away. Two, like, I think she beat them by two hours. Yeah, James clearly a, didn't know how to do that puzzle. <laughs> there's a chance Olivia's still in Croatia at the moment doing that puzzle. She's a moron. And you know what's crazy is I've done that puzzle before. It's not a hard puzzle. Like, you just have to basically get the right corners in the right position, and then it all just slides into place like Nariz did it. Like, they, Olivia was very specific, which actually cracked me up when she's like, it took her like six minutes. I'm like, that was a really specific number, Olivia. But yeah, like that puzzle, once you click it right, it finishes really fast the challenge is not a good advertisement for the american public school system i will say that i do think that sometimes we overlook that no matter how hard or easy a puzzle is it's a very stressful atmosphere your heart's going like you're in the middle of a competition and like some people just kind of fold under the pressure you have you seen patrick mahomes's wife because she looks just like olivia they might be the same person oh i know i never thought about it that way it's the the terrible fake lips yeah 100 percent. like it, it was uh there was such an interesting social media debate because people were shocked that olivia had implants and my response was which female on this show did it? i think the list of people who didn't have implants was smaller than those that did Michelle. it's funny talking to guys who are just kind of ignorant of the situation about how many women have some work that, that's a, that sounds like you talk to a bunch of virgins rob <laughs> i'm just i'm just telling you dude there's a lot of people who are like I had gotten a, a very significant argument with a friend once who claimed he did not think any woman who had fake implants was attractive. And I'm like, bro, you just don't know when they have fake implants because all these women have fake implants. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, everyone on this show, I wouldn't say that like most people in like real life do. You're probably looking at like uh, 10% of the population. Dude, dude, I will say out of women I talk to, a lot of them have work done. Like I, there's certain circles that I know where I expect them to just have had work done. Work done and implants are two completely different things. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think, I think one the one that I, I think the one that shocks people now is how many young people do Botox. I do yeah. Botox. Yeah, I I feel like I'm past that point. I, my crow's feet are way out of control, and I'm just embracing it at this point. No, no, I see you can do the preventative stuff. Like you're you're not even close. You can stay looking forty for ages, Trace. Okay, I appreciate that. I'm I'm two months away from that number, so we'll we'll get there. Oh. Yeah, so as you start taking your Botox now, you'll be good to go. There we go. I like it. I'll, I'll make my appointment. So. 
yeah. So getting into that though, the actual picking, like I really wish that this style of picking eliminations would stick around because I love the dual style picking to get to elimination because it creates more chaos. And if you can do the call out with it, it's just a great way to do this. Yeah, the, the call out part is the part that's really missing from this. W what do you prefer, this or the secret vote from Cutthroat? Because I like the secret vote. Uh, I don't mind them switching it up every now and then. I don't really marry to any one format because I also love last place goes in, right? Like I love that the missions actually really do matter and everyone's really giving their go because when the last place goes in. So I I'm here for any of it. Um, but th this one I think was well set up for this season. I think they just had the call out and we could have gotten Kyle and calling out Jay for elimination. That would have been the one thing I wanted. Yeah. I, I think that because they're doing the three person elimination, that's kind of hard to do the call out piece of it. But I think that the way they do the show now, they're changing formats halfway through every season anyway, and sometimes every third of the way through the season. Doing the cutthroat secret vote and then getting to this point and doing the dual pick with the call out to me is the optimal solution because we're just not going to see a format anymore with as long as the seasons are where the format doesn't change throughout the season. At least they told them this time around that there would be three yeah. segments of the game. I would prefer that to be like, Oh yeah, everything you're doing. Don't worry about that anymore. Now we're going to team formats. Like, okay. yeah, I hate that man. Cause you ever play one of those games where like you don't know the rules. And that's kind of the point of the game. It just becomes a farce, right? I hope so much for everybody to know what's going on. Well, I remember like I played in this big money fantasy baseball league, like 15 years ago. And the guy who did it was just an absolute goober. And like, he screwed up the rules of the league. Like I went and I read the rules of the league. I was like, oh, like there was a hack here that I can do. It was like head to head format, uh, like five hitting categories, five pitching categories. So all I did was just draft guys to win six categories every single week. And I would just go six and four. I would cruise to winning it. And if it was like rotisserie, I'd be terrible because I'd be losing if people don't know mm -hmm. fantasy baseball and they know what the hell I'm sure. talking about. But I'm winning six of the 10 categories every single week. Therefore, I will win every single week. Like you can easily fudge that by getting like drafting a whole bunch of pitchers that just log a bunch of innings so you can get wins, strikeouts, and like you punt ERA and you draft like five closers and you win saves. And then you try to get like runs, steals, and average out of these fast guys that no one really wants because everyone wants the power hitters in fantasy baseball. So I set up my team that way. So then we get like a week into the season, they just changes the rules of the league. Dude. Like, I was like, well, I drafted my team this way. You can't do that. And it uh, was so, for significant money? It was. I mean, I didn't end up paying. I was like, I'm not paying if you're changing the rules. Like, this is outrageous. No, that's not happening. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Good but he Lord. still didn't understand why I was mad about that. Like, he's an idiot. That sounds like answer. it. Sounds Good like Lord. he's producing the show for some of these seasons. I mean, his, I, I think... uh, his dad is worth $30 million, so he uh, can wow. actively be stupid his entire life and really enjoy himself. Good yeah. God. Others of inheritance. Oh, yeah. So we get to into, into this elimination, and I want to finish this off, and then we want to talk a little season 40 before we sign off, because there's season 40 is on the horizon. Um, this elimination, what did we think about it? Because I feel like if you're going to do a co-ed elimination, like this is the way you do it, because there's no equalizers, but it's fair for everybody. You can either do the puzzles or you can't. So where do you guys sit with how they're doing this format? I like it. I like it yeah, a lot. I think this is what you have to do. So I like the idea too that it's easy to track where everybody is because there's no mystery. It's like you're either 
here or you're at this checkpoint or you're not. And it's not like the exiles, which I do love the exiles. I would love to see those come back in some form. Uh, but it just makes it as a viewer much more enjoyable to watch when you're in this format because you just you can see what's happening. It's great. Exi- Exiles would be so much better now because of drones. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like you can get the overhead shot and show exactly where everyone is on the path where you couldn't do that in 2010. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Rob, what was that? This came up the other day. What was that show that came on after the challenge for like six episodes? It was a bunch of people who were stranded on an island. I know exactly what you're talking about. What's the name of that? What's that? Stranded with a million dollars, right? Yeah, they they were. It wasn't called Stranded with a Million Dollars, though, was it? I thought it it was something like that. It was a dumb name, but it was like it was a show where everybody on it, except for like two people, had the most cardboard personalities, and then the two. I would only watch the five minutes after of the beginning of the episode because my challenge recording would, I always spill it over like five minutes just in case it happens to go long. So I always just get caught up in the first five minutes of it. I was like, this seems like the stupidest show of all time. However, there was no cameraman on the show. They just mounted a bunch of cameras around this Island and like cut it all together. I was like, wow, that's super fascinating. Yeah. They did a good job about that part of it. That show was like, there was a girl who just started, taking dumps in everybody's food because she didn't like how they were spending their money on the show. That that was yeah. that, that was like the main takeaway I had from that. Um, they did not I really remember this show. show. Can, can I tell you about my favorite part of this episode? Please. Please. Uh, when Norris gets back from the elimination, I think I texted this to you guys on you the did. chat. Uh, when she knocks out James and whoever the hell else it was in the elimination and Olivia and Mariah's there looking sad and gives her the sad hug. It's just like, is it just you coming back? She just goes, yep. <laughs> I love before that too. TJ saying that she usually like four like powerhouses in the game. There were no four slouches. I'm like, I don't know if we can put James and Olivia uh, quite, quite in Kyle Narasio's class there. No. So like... it, um, it stranded with a million dollars was the name of the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like saying that Olivia and James were powerhouses was a bit of a stretch, TJ, but beating Kylan and Horacio, like you beat the two best men in the house, like unquestionably in terms of competition. So like what Nuriz has done, like her star is made whether she wins or loses here. And I hope that she'll stick with the challenge long enough because I feel like she'll eventually get a win. It's just, man. It, it, I hope she gets it this year. I don't think she will, but I'd love to see it. So if you want to see some like good YouTube, YouTube, the only way is Essex for James. And he is great on it. What happened? They just don't show him doing that here. I, I think that he knew that he was going to get eliminated. So he just kept his mouth shut and just started banging Mariah. It almost well, worked. It did work. I, like, mean, I, I think he's like secret smart is how my take on it. Like he's a lot smarter than maybe he looks or seems. They showed Melissa a lot this season, but we've seen like that. I feel like that British style of cast member just isn't somebody they use in that way anymore. Like, remember how Theo's on World Championship with this? He just never's on screen. Only he's just on a couple scenes with cast. That's it. I mean, I find that the British people are just so much better at reality TV anyway. Like, they don't give a fuck at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not for like they, they part of their brand is being a crazy person, where it's yeah. not in America. Jordan yeah, Shore is show uses those people in the right way anymore. Like, no, they the- don't because they're they're trying to Americanize them, and like, and, but just think about how many fantasy points Melissa scored this season because she's yeah. still like one of the crazy people. Like Kyle, when he came on, was just kind of a flake and a crazy person. Like, you just need more of those. Like even Zaza, 
is kind of a crazy person too. Just she's just super competitive. Uh, she's someone I would like to see back. She's kind of like the female Horacio, though. Uh, I think she's a little bit more dynamic than him. She's yeah. like yelling at James when he burns her on the elimination order. Yeah, Did you I ever think she's a little bit, but she's good. Did you ever see what her background is? No. Um, I don't think so. So her, she's from a show called The Royals, I believe. Okay, I've heard of this show. So I believe her family is a bunch of like hotel owners in Monaco. Wow, good for so her. She's rich. Yeah, like like loaded rich. Wow. But so and she's not connected to the royal family at all. No, that's good. Man, that's crazy. I wouldn't have known that. That's that's good though. She just wants to go on compete. I like that. So. Do you think? And she's a good competitor. So I hope we like. So if we had to like draft some of these, we keep. You want to talk about season forty? Yeah, yeah, I want yeah, to talk about season 40. That's where I want to end today. So who from this season, like how many people do you think we'll see on season 40? Like in total? Yeah, 36? That would Three be three. where I'd ballpark. I think they'll go big. Three teams? I, 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 if it were me, I think they got to go 40 people. Like let's let's get this thing big and let's let's purge people as we go or let's send two people home every week because they could get to a place of sending two people home every week and having eight people in the final like there's a path to that see i think you just do the challenge usa 2 format but you can't switch teams you do the three eras of whoever you can get throw them on and then with like 16 people left you go solo and have like dual style pick them and call outs like that's yeah i'll be all over that i think you can even bump up the cast cast number and just do male and female eliminations each week too if you wanted to that's what i'm with yeah like 36 people three teams of 12 and then you get down, you cut it in half, and then solo from there on out. Agreed. I mean, that's the ideal format. The other format that I threw out there on one of our shows at some point is if they really wanted to get janky with the format, have each week it be a different format from a previous season. So, like, this week we're doing Inferno. Next week we're doing Gauntlet. This week you're going to get teamed up with someone that you have a rivalry with. You know, like, work your way through, like, celebrating the history of the show because, hey, you're at season 40, this is probably the last hurrah for a lot of these people. Like I, there's a lot of people that we're going to see on season 40, that this might be the last time we see them in this format. And so go big with it. It it would be hilarious if it was just Inferno style, 20 people. It Your won't be, of 10. but that would be interesting. It would be very funny. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it either. I mean, I would be down for just kind of a curveball. It'd have stuff. to be the right 20. You can't cast anybody who's going to be wallpaper if you do that, though. Like, that's the yeah, thing. I mean, like, okay, here's the thing that I don't understand. That people get upset when you're like, oh, the, I mean, you, you still need wallpaper in a 20-person season. Like, you need actively bad people because you need them to go out first so you can protect having the good people around. See, thus, they stay on the show longer. Yeah, but here's the deal, though. Like, the wallpaper people are needed when you have more numbers. If you have just 20, okay, you're going to send somebody home early that's probably really dynamic, but if they're all dynamic, then it's going to be fireworks each week. Nah, you need you need a few duds. That's why Inferno 2 was so good. You had that loser John, who was terrible. You had Karamo, he was terrible. <laughs> he so you was had terrible. one guy on each team who sucked, and then you had two one girl on each team who absolutely sucked. And then like it carries everyone forward four episodes, five episodes in. And then that one wasn't even 21 episodes. So. No, it, it was, was like, like 14 maybe. Yeah. And they were and half, half hour. hour episodes. So you, know, you basically guaranteed all your good people would be there till at least like episode seven or episode eight, halfway through the season and just made for a good season. 
Well, my thing is, I don't think it'd be wallpaper, though. You can have people who aren't very good at the show, but aren't very good at the competitive aspect of the show, but at least bring some content, right? Yeah. Like, we can have some people who at least believe somewhat explosive heading into a Bring me Katie Doyle. I know she's going home early, but while she's there, it'll be a shitstorm. Like, just those, those kind of people. So from this season, I think that we'll see again. I don't know if they'll be on 40, but I think that we'll see again in some version of the show. Corey, Jay, Horacio, Kylan. Kylan, for sure. I hope we see Ed again, Kylan, but I definitely. don't know if we will. And I would like to see Callum again because I actually like Callum and he didn't get to do anything on this season. Um, And maybe Asaf just for like laughs. Um, That would be it from the guy's side. I do. I think Colleen's super hot. So I think like great rack in this episode, by the way, just shout out Colleen, but Narice, Michelle, Zaza, Raven, Melissa. That's probably it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I, I I personally wouldn't really need Colleen if she's on. I'm not going to hate it too much, but I I could go for She shouldn't be on again. Olivia will 100% be back. Really? I don't think that she's necessary, but she'll be back. I I mean, look, if she's actually like, honestly, what I really want in the cast, just give me as many explosive storylines as we can get together. Because that seems like what they would show. It seems like antics are not going to show. It seems like they'll show explosive storylines and obviously they'll show good competitors. So that's kind of what I just am looking for in a cast at this point. So if we just get Michelle and Reese, Olivia on, if we get Carl, Laurel, Tori on, just a bunch of people who have a bunch of big storylines, I'd be in favor of that. Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, I also think they should bring back, I heard that he won't be on it, but I think they should bring back Ed. I think Ed is an interesting person to have on the show. Ed is someone who could win. Mm-hmm. But from this season, like Kyle and Narice, like if you're just to pick two, one guy and one girl, they're the two. Oh, yeah. I would say that Kyle and Narice are like the must haves for sure, especially Narice. I mean, I still can't believe it took her this long to get on the show. Well, like, she was she, in cast rumors for forever. Basically, she's already the one she's, she's been in cast rumors. Yeah. And it it's took funny. Nellie T to get her on the show. It's funny to me she's kind of come off now as very much the audience favorite so far this season because she's so much closer to me personality-wise, like the Rachel Veronica type cast member, right? Oh, yeah. Like, she she's, like, awful, <laughs> like, in real life. But <laughs> she's also getting this edit because, obviously, what she did the last two episodes, she's in, like, the minority alliance versus the strong alliance. She keeps winning. She is the only one from that alliance now who's left in this game. So reasonably speaking if you think that there's a such thing as as a winner's edit she got it this year because they have not shown her like she was the instigator of that like big t melissa burna thing that was actually a fight with narice but they didn't frame it like it was with narice that alone should tell you that they're just trying to make her look good so she probably wins I think Emmanuel is in a so much similar boat just because he feels like he had the one story with Colleen, I guess, but he has like the stuff with his mom earlier this episode or a couple episodes back. He'd be the one, one other person I would kind of point to. That's the one reason why I just think Jay can't win, right? Yeah. No, see, I, I think either Jay wins and like he's the villain who wins and that happens every now and then. Like it, it has to be Jay or Norris. Those are the only two options. See, the way they edit the show nowadays, I don't think that's necessarily true because you want to bet just, on it? There's, yeah. I would say that... uh, I'll take those two versus the field. Okay, 100 bucks? Yeah, sure. All right, done. Jay and Nariz versus the field. (laughs) I feel like Emmanuel could win. Uh, I also think that... uh, Yeah, that's really the only one that can probably win out of the field. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that if Corey doesn't gas out, I think like he's good enough at math and puzzles that 
if the puzzles break the right way for him, I think he could win. Yeah. But big guys, like big bulky guys, they don't get gassed do well. out in this. Like, yeah. you know, Zach is the exception, you know, and even Zach gassed out on the free agents one. I mean, Zach gassed out in basically every final he was in, except for the first one when he faced legitimate scrubs. I think Vendettas, he was fine. I think Vendettas, he was fine. I think he was fine on World of Worlds 2 as well. Like, he was the one member of that team. Oh, did he? I don't agree. Because he, he disagree. Wasn't he the one who took the break? Yeah, he hands the, the thing over to Ashley and Cara and has them carry it with Paul. Yeah. Paul uh, the reason, the reason I think, though, is because he was the one literally carrying all the weight. He's like, I need a break. Like, I, I disagree. That so screwed. I mean, that, that sounds like he gassed, that that sounds like gassed out. Sure. Um, I... It sounds Jay. like you love Zach and want to make out with him, Trace. I do. He's a beautiful man. No, he is a beautiful. I do enjoy yeah, his I podcast, though. I really, really, really enjoy his podcast. I think that he is doing good work. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. He seems to be. It seems to be like the. I mean, you have the different evolutions with these cast member interviews that we're seeing over time, and like. Yeah, when Scott and Derek first started doing it, it's like, hey, this is really cool. Like, we're getting to like the bottom of this, and then over time, like they they become so ingrained. Uh, like with kind of the machine, like they're not, it, it's not like the Tori and Anissa one, which is just like laughably oh, bad. It's uh, like I, th- there are certain, like I listened to the Mariah one the other day on Challenge Mania. I really like that. Uh, and I have Scott on my show every now and then to talk movies. So, like, I'm, I mean, I'm friends with Scott. Sure. But like this, Zach seems like an outsider coming in. Like what Scott and Derek have done have become like the mainstream version of this podcast now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of how the challenge is covered like they kind of dictate everything that goes on they hold all the events they're friendly with the cast members where zach seems to be friendly with the cast members but he's flying them in to get this like different point of view where mm-hmm. they're the only zach is really the only other one who's asking who gets at, i how can i frame this right he gets the access that we would all want to have and he's kind of asking the questions that we want to hear because he's not beholden to production to get early advanced copies of things and things like that i know how the game works like yeah you know, i'm on these email lists too to get some stuff early not for the challenge but for other shows sure um and just like you know being friendly with like the nfl for me i get certain access to certain nfl things that come in uh, i can use pga clips and get like early access to special releases of things like when the netflix documentary came out for pga you know, I got all six episodes like two weeks before everyone else got to see them. So I could have them reviewed as soon as the show came out. Sure. So he seems to be an outsider in that. He is. And and I think too, you know, he, he doesn't need to get cast anymore. Like he wants to do the show again, but he doesn't need the money. You know, like he's very what successful. Does he do then? He's a private investigator. That's super successful. What is he? He worked in like, here. So without going into too many details, uh, he's he works for a lot of high-end law firms doing private investigating. How can he do private investigator work? He looks like fucking Thor. Well, 90% of that work is done on the computer. Like you're just yeah. researching public records and you're assembling information. You're figuring out where people lived, where were they when they claim that. Like it's a lot of computer work. Like he's not in a trench coat following people with a camera and taking pictures, which would be hilarious. Zach Private Eye would be pretty funny. Just this hulking dude. Like what? I mean, I, I don't want to like rain on his parade here, but how long until chat GPT takes his job? I mean, that is a that is a thing like that, that. As someone who works with AI in my day life, I can tell you that in 10 years, AI is going to really put a lot of people out of work, especially accountants. I've, 
<laughs> you won't need accountants a whole lot well, longer. I mean, somebody's going to have to tell them what to do, right? Somebody's going to have to like guide, okay, here's what this thing needs to do to accomplish But that's role. the thing. Like, but instead of needing 100 accountants, you need five. Yeah. It'll just be very different scale-wise. Like, I don't want to jump back to something, Pat, that I to get your opinion on. For Jay, who's very much been the villain of this season, how much of it do you think is the show pushing him that way? How much of that is just him being a jerk? It's 100% the show pushing it that way. Like, that's what they're showing because they want to make him, like, he's the only active villain. And he's like, listen, he's kind of detestable just because of his hairline alone. Like, yes. just shave your head, pal. Like, you're like 35. <laughs> Give it up. Like, it, yeah, it, it's, it's not, I mean, I had a, this happened to my roommate when we were like 19 or 20 in college. And like, he had this like weird cloud of hair over his head. And then he tried to like really keep it going. He went gray. He went bald at like with just the horseshoe at 20. And they went gray at 21. And he looked like he was 55 years old. Then eventually he just bicked it all. I was like, oh, you look your age again. Like yeah. Jay would look noticeably younger if he just shaved his head. Did yeah. he win that Under Armour $15,000? Uh, he that did. Him? He did. Yeah, I, I think he's going to spend it. it all on headbands. but no i I think he's being framed in that way because that's the better story narice is the hero jay is the villain they get to go head to head in the finals now yeah i i I think look i think that's that's a lot of what it is the show is pushing that way also though i mean he's had a track record that's somewhat unrivaled in the past couple of seasons i mean it seems like tj's really gotten into him in the past couple episodes when he uh in these elimination orders when he's yelling at uh jay uh, he also like when was that time we saw a friendship just kind of burn down like this on the show? It doesn't happen that often. Well, he and I mean, Jack are Reese and Jay actually not friends in real life anymore? It's it certainly appears that way. I mean, Narice is like kind of an actress as well. Like I can see her continuing to play it up just for the show. Because I mean, that's what she and Olivia are doing right now on social media. They are play acting like they have a problem with each other when they don't. So yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I think Jay though is just someone who comes across unlikable. Like, that's the big thing, and it allows them to edit him this way. Like, you think about what he did in Rider Dies, where he backstabbed Jack, who is supposedly his friend, and he was his number one in the house, and then they threw him and Laurel into elimination real fast instead of Bananas and Nani. I mean, Jay just is his own worst enemy, and he comes across worse the way he handles himself. Yeah, especially he... when you give someone like that power, too, in a season where they can do it. It's kind of like the perfect storm oh, yeah. of unlikability in that sense. I have a question for you guys. Every, like Berna continues to refer, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm Michelle's number one." Everyone knows Jay and Michelle are number ones with each other, right? Like everyone yeah. knows that. Maybe female number one is what she means, which I don't even think that's. True. I don't. Think I wouldn't even knows. say that is either. Like, I mean, I would say that Berna is like number five on Michelle's list. Yeah, and that, I mean that's why I like Corey. Like Corey is very aware of where he stands. Like he's like, I'm friends with Michelle. She'll save me if I if she can. If not, I got to figure out something else here. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. One thing coming out of this season is apparently Berna was just an absolute headache for everyone to deal with. Everyone's complained about her coming out of this season. It seems like Michelle, between her and Jay, did quite the babysitting job for a lot of the season. And, like, it's funny because Jay's running the season. People seem to – I mean, people in the house must like Jay. He got, like, six of them to the final. So someone must like him. Um, And so you have to get along with him that way. But, like, as, like, shady and sneaky as Michelle seems – there must be something about Michelle that everyone likes. There must she, be. I think she's just very good about. She like if Laurel came up to her right now and was like, "Hey, let's spray the hatchet," she'd be like, "Sure." Like you know what I mean? I think she's very willing to just. I'll work with anybody. I'm going to treat everybody like I can, like the best way I can, and we're just going to kind of guide ourselves socially that way. And so people might not like that from a TV perspective, but that's probably how I'd play, right? Like I'll work with anybody if they're going to get me to the end. 
Yeah, she seems like kind of a good hang and people like her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very much not to this level, but it she's like the female Mark Long. You know, like Devin said that when he met Mark Long at one of the Challenge Mania events last year, he said, I talked to Mark for 10 minutes. And he's like, I get it now. Like when you're talking to Mark Long, you have his full attention. He's super engaging, super nice. And he just makes you feel comfortable in the conversation. And Michelle seems to have that same ability to like, hey, when you're talking to Michelle, she's really listening to you and she's engaging you. And there are a lot of people that when you're talking, they're just trying to get through the conversation and move on to their next thing. And so, like, I think Michelle has that ability to just make people feel comfortable around her and they feel closer to her than they actually are. Yeah, it's like all like the psychological skills to like get people to like you. I think she utilizes great, right? Just using somebody's name a lot, going out of your way to give them compliments, trying to include everybody in the conversation. She just hits all those points. And as simple as it seems, that can carry you a long way. Yeah. So if you had to grade this season, because I, I don't like your guys' like out of 10 rankings. I think they're stupid uh, with the way that you guys do them. Because again, right. it just sounds like you don't, you should, with the way that you grade some of these episodes, you shouldn't be watching the show because it's ruining your lives. Like you're, like you ever see the movie Overboard? I think it's called Going Overboard with Adam Sandler. I know what you're talking movie. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's actively unwatchable. These are the sorts of grades that you're giving these episodes. You I, I think to, I've been pretty fair. You, I mean, Rob, as much as I don't like to give you credit, you have been the most <laughs> realistic with Devin watching have... the season and giving it a grade. Like you do somewhat have to grade it against itself because this is the era of the show that you're in. So it's not like, oh yeah, like this this one wasn't as good as episode three of the duel that came out 17 years ago and was half an hour long like what, what they're, they're not the same show they're different species of park exactly they're, it's a completely different thing now it's like I mean, most sports and shows have all of that way right when you've been on this long things change yeah well um, i think my my biggest thing pat and i know that i have a lot of vitriol toward this season like i'm not gonna sit here and deny it and do double speak because there have been pieces of this season that i've just outright hated sure and I think the reason that I get so angry is not that the show or the cast itself is bad. It's that production drops the ball on little things that could make what they're trying to do right now better. Like there are just some really simple, easy things that as a viewer, they could do better. And I know that's with any TV show, but we're talking about some easy stuff. Like some of these missions where everybody's wearing black and gray and there's three teams. Like, why can't you do different colors so I can tell these teams apart? Like this is Mickey Mouse bullshit to me. So I I, I think I know why that's the case. Because okay. I was thinking about like, if, if people don't know, like I do a lot of production work myself. If you have everyone dressed exactly the same, it gives you more coverage because you can fudge certain people being other people to tell the story that you want. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. And in, like in trailers and stuff, which they have yeah. seen to put somewhat more emphasis on with like the same outfits, same outfits and confessionals now. That you, been you can like, you can way. fudge things together to tell a certain story, even if that's not exactly what happened, because you can make the visuals match up, especially if it's like a quick cut here, or a quick cut there. I'm pretty sure that's why they do it. I mean, I okay. think it's because they just have like a bandana that's like the color of their team, like around the wrist. I, 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 listen, I'm with out. you. I would prefer to see it the way that yeah. you guys are talking about. Don't I hear what you're doing. I hear what you're saying. You're saying like, here's the reasoning behind why they're doing it. I just think it's, I disagree with it. Like, okay, I understand sure. you need to get more coverage. I understand all those things. But at the same time, it would make it a better product because the, here's the other thing too. If you're a viewer 
And let's say, I mean, we don't really channel surf anymore, you know, I mean, I, I realize that channel surfing is an aging concept at this point, but let's say you want to sit down and try to watch an episode of the challenge. They've made it too damn complicated. You know, like for me, if it takes more than two to three sentences to describe a format, you've already failed because think back on classic seasons. What is rivals? Two people who hate each other are paired up and they have to work together to win. Okay. I can understand that battle of the X's self-explanatory battle of the seasons. Got it. Double agent spies. Like, I mean, at least with rider dies, I can explain rider dies in a couple sentences. Now they had some of that goofiness where they split them up in the middle, but that is what it is. But trying to explain to somebody the format of Battle for a New Champions takes a couple paragraphs. Okay, so in stage one, they're all working together, and then they have to vote somebody in. Then in stage two, we're going to have champions come in for eliminations, and then they can win 10K and subtract from the pot. But if the person wins, the money's safe, but nobody goes. Like, it just gets too complicated. So, I mean, Trace, you just... I, I would real push quick, back on that only because we don't channel surf anymore. So when you did channel surf, understanding things within like 10 seconds was a necessity to keep you on the channel. What you need now isn't that. Like they have their core of fans that aren't going anywhere. They're not really going to get bigger. They're not going to go to nothing. And something like 350,000 to 450,000 viewers in 2024 is a lot of people to sit down and watch a show. That's why it continues to still be a viable product and it's still on the air. It sucks compared to some of the ratings that they used to get, but sure. unless you're the NFL, your ratings suck compared to what yeah, Trace, I mean, you just suggested a format where we switch the format every week to all seasons. I know, of the show. that's why I'm saying, like, I understand what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I know. I get so, it. yeah, I, I, uh, simplicity would be nice, but you can actually get more complicated now because no one is channel surfing. It's not like I'm just like, oh, man, MTV. Oh, yeah, there it is. What's this? This is the challenge. Oh, what's this all about? It's like, no, the challenge is on. I know what it is. I'm going to sit down and watch it. Like, there, there's no random people watching the show anymore. Oh, that's yeah, a fair a, point. But I will say this, though. Like pushing people to consume other parts of the show, right? Like pushing me to interact with the Twitter account, pushing me to interact with the fantasy game, pushing me to interact with their Instagram. It's pushing people to those other avenues, which also generate revenue rather than just the, ra the ratings number. Yeah, and I've got two quick points, and then I'll try to push it to the last bit here. So the I did like USA 2 a lot. Like of the three of us, I probably liked USA 2 the that, most. That's, that's not the case. I liked USA 2 a lot. I was I, I was absolutely the most favorite person on USA Two by the time we it's were true. all yelling at me by the okay, end. Okay, as, as someone who listens to your guys' shows, Rob was Team USA Two. Okay, I really see the thing is is like I really enjoyed USA Two. I thought from top to there was a couple weak episodes, but there was some really really good content, and I liked the structure, and I was even okay with who won the show. Like it it worked out. So, like, really liked USA 2. I really I, love I All-Stars. I think you, I mean, if you actually liked it all that much, I think you need to be, like, a bit more positive. You just, yeah, well, why is everyone yelling at me all the time, then, if you guys liked it? Because it's fun. Well, <laughs> I mean, yelling at Rob is fun. What would you grade this season? Just right, overall. This season? Like, just, just put, I, I have a grade for this in the last few. All right. If All right, let's let's just do the last few, then. Because I would say with Spies, Lies, and Allies, like, I was a solid D-plus with Spies, Lies, and Allies. That's exactly what I had, a D plus. So, right. I mean, they all kind of mix together so that you have, like, I would say, like, sure. one's a D plus, one's a C minus. I think this one's like a C plus. Yeah, like that's exactly where I was landing with C plus because yeah. I feel like it's clearly the best season since Total Madness because there was some really high highs in Total Madness, but there were some really low lows. You're, when, you get to, when you get to the Chronicles, and listen, I, I like Total Madness fine, 
Yeah. Um, I actually think that on rewatch this season will be better than Total Madness. I agree. Total There's Madness some high highs, but like it's a depressing awful. season, man. Well, that, yeah, that we is all just kind of liked it because it was the middle of COVID, and nothing was on, and that was also I mean, the first was, season. You're we right. There were some good too. moments. There were yeah. some good moments on Total Madness, but there were the stretches after D like was exiled from the show. Essentially, were unwatchable. Yeah, the, the, everything stuff. post the D stuff was unwatchable. I agree with that. It was awful. But even before that, it was like every second episode was bad. And it always yeah. goes back to my point about the challenge that it needs to be somewhere hot. When you're underground and people are having a bad time, I'm having a bad time watching it. Yes, I mean, agreed. Like I, I think Total Mass looking if you go back and rewatch again, there's good moments of it, but like it's super predictable because the way the skulls are used. It's super depressing. Everyone's sad. Nobody's having any fun. Like you're talking about not an enjoyable season. That season's way at the bottom compared yeah. to some of the other ones. I agree. And, and it's so- better than the three in between. And I think Rob, you had said like the revisionist history on War War of the Worlds two versus like people saying, Oh yeah, I really like that season. You were no, right. Didn't. People didn't like that they season. They did not when like it was that season. On. I was no, one of them during when it aired, yes. Like there was, there was a, again, another season where there's a couple, I would say too, with those seasons, there might actually be better, like higher highs than maybe we've had in a couple of these seasons. But I mean, there were some absolute lows. They just don't remember because it's been a while. And like, I get it. You don't remember those things, but plenty yeah. of people did not like that season when they finished it. Also, the other thing too, that really bothers me about that season is at the end of it, everyone's constantly complaining about playing car. Oh, playing car are the worst. We never want them on the show again. They're awful people. They're horrible. I can't imagine anyone would ever want to interact with them outside of the show. And then they're exiled from the show. They're on the next couple of seasons. Those seasons would have been so much better if Polly and Carl were there. I stand by that. I think they would have been so much better if those two were still around. And look, they haven't come back since. And I think a lot of that is because of the fan reaction. Because people complain so much about these people and see how they appear on the show. That that, that's how they actually are. I think that there has to be a force amount of seasons that you can do in a row and then you're forced to take one off i mean that was always the great thing even about the golden age like you'd get your kenny evan johnny's like how many seasons did all three of those guys play together no no ruins duel i mean no okay so like actually working together or on season just all on the same season okay so So there was four of them there was duel there was gauntlet three there was the ruins and rivals yeah right But you would have your seasons like Fresh Meat 2, where Kenny was the only one who was on it, or Duel 2, where Johnny's Evan was the, the only, only one. one on it. Yeah, like, and Cutthroat Johnny was the only one that you guys are going over now. Like, mixing it up a little bit, you know, it makes you miss people a little bit. Like, like Tori not being on the season is just a godsend, because, like, I like Tori enough, but, like, I'm sick of her. And, like, everyone got sick of Cara Maria. Because it's yeah. not only, what happens is, not only are you on every single season, so everyone just kind of gets sick of you anyway. The more you're on all these seasons, you have all these natural storylines with people because you're on every season. Therefore, you just kind of live Groundhog Day every single season and you just get sick of the same people and the same storylines. Hence why I actually like this season. Yeah. It, that I mean, was what the community this season too. Because I, I, again, I hate to keep bragging on you, Trace, but I know heading into this season, I, you and Devin were convinced this was easily going to be the worst season of all time. This, this, I, I, I agree. Said, I I, that's what I said. And I was wrong. Like I, I think there was, wrong. I said, I think I remember, I think going, I said there's gonna be like a twenty percent chance that to be the worst season of all time. And look, we talk about it all the time. Like the cast, the cast is important to the show. It's definitely important to what happens. But a lot of this is also just what they're gonna show. So to just go into this because we didn't know who the cast was, that that I think that was a bad reason to just yeah. kind of put it down. And I'll fully and, admit, yeah, I think in the past at least, like, hey, it's been somewhat unpredictable, right? Like, there's been definitely been alliances that have emerged now. There's been a real power dynamic that's emerged, but at least it's something different than we've had before. Yeah, I agree. And like you and USA one, I think is a good example of this. Like I didn't know any of those people and I enjoyed that season. It was fine. Yeah. No, I, 
I will admit preseason, I thought this thing was going to be a disaster. I thought it was going to be just in the toilet and it really hasn't been like it's been more enjoyable than I've enjoyed this more than Rider Dies. I have enjoyed it more than Spies, Lies and Allies. Do I wish we got a little bit different content? Of course, there's I, I feel like there was just a lot of production errors that they didn't. They also don't have a crystal ball. So there I, I bag on production a lot, but I don't think they foresaw some of the things that played out and you can't you can't. But I also think that they made some really easy, fixable mistakes. I mean, they they geared some of these eliminations for the champions for them, and then they brought Laurel in and give her a puzzle. They bring in, um, you know, Brad last minute, and he wasn't quite ready to perform. And so there are just things you can't control, but they also didn't, in my opinion. Like, they bring Kara back. First time we've seen Kara in a long time, and they don't give her a great elimination. So they're just certain things. I think that was so much in her strengths. I don't buy that. She's been good at puzzles. What what is the product Michelle? But besides like a pull-up competition, what is Kara's <laughs> optimal elimination? Honestly, like what's uh, she good at? Some of those like reverse tug of war type things that she did, like the one against Naya oh, was an... That was so, an yeah, so, so one that she won like 10 years ago. Great. Like that's not something that we ever see anymore though. Because yeah, it's a, the, the, the worst wrestling. elimination ever. It's so boring. It's, see, it's I disagree that it's boring, but with, that's an area they we'll sit contain. there for an hour. <laughs> What is entertaining about this? Look, I think she, I think she, first, she had been good at puzzles before she left the show. Maybe she hasn't been done them in a while. So she's lost, lost space. But like, like she's won puzzles on World of Worlds 2, won puzzles on World of Worlds 1. She's won puzzles in the past. So I think she is good at puzzles. I just think, yeah, it's been a while since she's been on the show. She's probably not as good at some of this stuff as, as she was. Yeah. And, and that's a fair forget, criticism. Like, and these people are aging too. They're old. Like, they, yeah, they are they're getting like, old. They're like, Trace, you and I are basically like the same age. <laughs> yeah. Just not as athletic as I used to be. I'm no. As I used to be getting back in shape again in this last month. It's been hard to find my cardio again, man. After taking a couple years off and now trying to get it back, it's hard. It, it takes movies. more. It takes I, more work the older you get to get the same result. Well, here's um, the thing. If you want to improve your cardio, smoke for 20 years and then <laughs> stop smoking. I will tell you, your cardio goes through the roof. Well, see, I did quit smoking. And that's why I use this now. So, you know, my, anyway. um, my Krav Maga instructor, he's, he stopped cage fighting just a little bit ago. He's like late thirties. Um, he was cage fighting up until basically I think two, three years ago, and he said he was struggling with durability. So he started. He would like go on like a punching bag and do upside down sit ups on it, and he'd have somebody round kick him after every four sit ups until he fell off the thing. That it sounds like a really horrible. stable person you're taking lessons from there, Rob. <laughs> he's very he's a, he's very good at teaching self defense. I will say that he's a very he's a very good instructor. Don't you live in America? Can't you just buy a gun? Isn't that like the whole thing about living in America? I'm not American, but I so mean, I don't know. Well, trust just, me, from the outside, too. that's what I assume. He, he has a gun too, but I want to be uh, prepared no matter what situation I'm in. Some states, it's a lot easier to acquire them than others. But yes, the, in theory, every state in America, you can pretty much have a firearm within seven days. Yes. There you, see, there you go. There you go. Rob, don't you have to take Krav Maga anymore? Just buy a bazooka. I, he keeps me in shape too. And I, I like being able to defend myself multiple ways. There we um, go. Are, you, are, you, are you that afraid of being attacked? Rob's pretty I, short, I like, man. Look, Listen, I, I'm, I'm so like five at one I, I don't I'm walk really around in shape. fear of being attacked at all times. <laughs> okay, it's so, gonna live my look, life. I'm like five at one forty-five. I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. Like I, I work out a lot. I eat very well. I'm in pretty good shape. But I realize I'm small. I want to be able to walk into any room I can and have be somewhat confident that I can take care of myself. Yeah. I mean, Rob, I've been over forty fights in my life. You, I bet you, you've been in zero. Uh, that's not really the case. Really? You're just going out and antagonizing people like I do? 
No, but like if you're going out in DC, man, you're the reason why I say not really is like there's like a fight you're in and there's a fight you're a part of, you know, there are different things. I'm just um, talking about I've been sucker punched 40 times. Okay, I've not had that. That has not happened to me. Uh, you don't I've had a couple mode. of those, but I'm also six two, so like I tower over a lot of people. And when I wear yeah, my cowboy I, I, boots, I'm, I'm close to a six four. I'm a mouthy five eight one sixty five Canadian. I'm a very easy target to people because <laughs> everyone is bigger than me. So you, you learn how to take a punch pretty quickly if you're going to yeah. continue to run your mouth. The move is to stop drinking liquor, just drink beer, and then you know you're fine. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm sober, so I don't even drink, but I go out all the time. But so I, I end up pulling a lot of people out of fights, like uh like Wes or Brandon does all the time on the show. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Pat, thanks for stopping by and hanging out with us, talking season 39 and into 40 and the potpourri of other subjects we get back to. If you want to, if you have it, I'm sure pretty much everybody listening to this has checked out the Pat Mayo experience. You can find it at any podcast platform and YouTube, all that. Have you got anything else to plug today, man, or is that pretty much it? Now I'm going on vacation like next week. I'll be in Aruba. So I wanted to come on and get my thoughts uh, coming in on the challenge and when you guys yeah. start dogging on season 40 and i'm like hey it's pretty good i'll come back on and be like just just enjoy the show like if that's one like i went on the reddit page oh my god yeah that's a oh, cesspool like, I, I don't understand why these people like i thought it was weird like that you guys are still watching the show and you seem to hate it so much these people just actively Look, I, I legitimately i enjoy watching the show most of the time. again it's long it takes me a while to press the play but i i enjoy watching the show most of the time i don't really get the people wishing jake terrace's achilles on the reddit yeah, yeah. And, and listen i i'm not saying that you need to be actively like oh my god this is the greatest thing of all time that sure. is not what i'm saying be critical but like have some enjoyment of it or stop watching if it's making you if it's making you that mad all the time just go watch old seasons you're just gonna make you're just you're just pulling a sarah right now and you're gonna make devin quit that's all that's happening <laughs> no no I, I i mean i love i love devin's vitriol like it's one of my favorite parts of the show but like yeah i, I would like to like i love listening to him on some of the older ones when he sounds like genuinely excited to talk about the show you, you'll like, like that's, today's that's awesome Today's he was having a grand old time with today's. So, um, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I don't know how I've come off. But I feel like I'm more on your side than theirs in terms of how the show is. I just think I have to take it for what it is. I definitely right. don't like the show. It basically feels like it should be on the Hallmark Channel now. That's the one part of the show I really don't like and don't necessarily understand why. That's a trend in all of reality TV, though. I think we're, I think Devin made a great point a few weeks ago. It's like the woke movement really killed and hurt reality TV. But I also think we're getting towards the end of a lot of that. Like there's the legitimate parts of the woke movement that needs to stay, but there are some things where we've swung the pendulum too far. And like watching House of Villains, watching some of these other reality shows, it feels like we're getting a little bit better content again. I don't think that's what it is at all. First of all, like the the quote woke movement, you mean don't be an asshole? Like, I mean, I feel no, like no, 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 no. Like, I'm not even about, going there with not it. the woke like, movement. It's just the way they're producing the show. Yeah, like, and I, I, like, a lot of these people, too, especially on the challenge, and shows are not doing that. that so bachelor. I think there's probably some directors from production that I don't really agree with, or people that in production just quite as frankly aren't as good at their job as it used to be, and that's why it hasn't been as good. And those things are correctable issues. Bachelor, Challenge, whatever reality show it is without established people who have been on it for a very long time, like they, you find them in the in- influencer pool. And if you get sure. people from the influencer pool, when you talk about the quote woke movement, they can't do anything to jeopardize their brand. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just being scared to be a real person, because if you're a real person, you might make a mistake. You might lose this brand deal. And we're not talking about people who are super established. So you see someone like Mariah. Mariah really can't do anything. Like she probably has some very good influencer deals. She probably makes like 200K a year being an Instagram influencer. That can all go away tomorrow. Then she has no other skills. So she has to protect that 
at all costs. That's the problem. That is why the UK people are much better. They're not protecting anything. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's exactly what it is. It's just these people have... Well, I think it's these people in the show, right? I think it's kind of both things. I think it's not just the cast. I think it's also production. It has a lot of interest they're trying to protect, and that's why it's moved in this direction. And there's yeah. just a lot more exposure now than there was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I'm agreeing with you because there's, like, a lot of it where I'm I'm on board because, like, don't be an asshole. Yeah, like, a lot of the stuff, the way women have been treated, yeah, the way minorities have been treated, absolutely. The stuff that's killing me on reality TV is the constant existential moment edits that we get on every episode. Survivor's been having this issue. The challenge is doing it, too. It has been a movement where we have to have these existential crisis moments, and it just doesn't make for compelling content for me. I would agree with you on that. I wouldn't shock that up to the woke movement, however. I think I it's think a reaction. It might just be people are not good as good at editing the show. I think that's yeah. definitely on the table. It's just the quality of production, for whatever reason, is somewhat dipped. I mean, maybe it's just a little competition. One thing we do know is Paramount has less money than these other networks do, and they spend less money than these other networks do. So it's possible these good editors have just been picked up by these other shows that have been doing better. Additionally, when people blame the editors for things, editors don't produce the show. No, they're, they're doing the what editors. they're told to do. They tell the do. editors what to do. They're telling them how to edit the show. It is yeah. not the editors doing their own thing. So it's a deliberate choice. Yeah, so. so someone in production has a vision, and this is the vision that they want. Yep. So Anyway, thanks anyway. for having me on. Yeah, man. It was good to see you. We'll uh, talk again soon. Thanks for everybody picking us up, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.